We have talked a lot about the guys who have been winning at Chargers training camp so far, but on today's show, we're going to talk about the players we want to see a little bit more from in week two, including Isaiah Spiller. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons. And this is our sixth year as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen to the show wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Now that we got one week of training camp in the books, we're going to talk about some players that we want to see just a little bit more from. Guys like Isaiah Spiller, guys like Scott Matlock, and then we're going to get into the wide receiver three battle, one of the most heated battles of training camp so far. Is it Quentin Johnson? Is it Joshua Palmer there? And who is the greatest wide receiver of all time? Is it Keenan Allen? Is it somebody else? We're going to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I think in that it's a definitely a two-horse race between Keenan Allen and Lance Allworth, and it's a good conversation. They're both, you know, better at different things, at least in their Chargers career. But this episode of Locked on Chargers is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, David, well, let's talk about the players we want to see more of in week two of Chargers training camp. And it's a little bit different because it's not like all of these guys haven't done anything, but it's just guys we want to see more of, especially, I think, with Isaiah Spiller, who, when I was out there the two days that I was out there, I thought he looked fine. I mean, one day or both of those days were without pads on, but we haven't seen any big runs break. We haven't seen him on any highlight videos or anything like that. But I think for Isaiah Spiller, it's just we want to see kind of some movement in the RB2 race, right? And I think we'll see a little bit more of that on Sunday when the Chargers have their first scrimmage. I'm really excited to see it. I'm really excited to see Isaiah Spiller. Yeah, I think, Daniel, it's a little bit hard for the running backs, especially the guys that are in a battle to kind of make some headway in practice, um, you know, especially, you know, in the, the, the in their 7-7 seven and seven and their 11-on-11. 11 11. It's a little bit difficult to stand out in those situations because, let's be honest, they want to throw the ball down the field. They, they want to, you know, get more of that work in. I think in the scrimmage, that is when the running backs are going to be able to get more run, and I think that's where they have to. I mean, you want to simulate a very competitive environment where, you know, everybody's trying to set blocks. They're trying to use their vision and be able to make cuts and explode through holes and I think we just want to see Isaiah Spiller make some plays and stand out and start putting some distance in between him and the guys in that running back room yeah I mean I think you could also even throw Josh Kelly into this just because we haven't yeah. really seen a lot from Joshua Kelly or even Austin Eckler at that point but we have to remember there's only been two days of padded practices so of things course. always seem to ratchet up a couple of notches when this team has their first scrimmage and I expect to see that on Sunday and we'll actually I will be there on Sunday so I hope to see you guys there me and my lovely wife will be watching the scrimmage and be back for a live show after to talk about it but Isaiah Spiller I mean I think when I have seen him so far this offseason and in training camp he looks in noticeably better shape I didn't think he was out of shape last year but I do think that this year he definitely looks in better shape whatever that means right but I think it's more trim for sure coming into year two and I think it's just how far has the pass blocking come, right? 
Can he be the guy that's elusive and can break some tackles? We haven't really seen it because he had such a small sample size last year, which is yeah. why we're foaming at the mouth to see more of it this year. Because if you're talking about where the improvements are coming from in the running game and you're kind of not talking about Kellen Moore or the offensive line, the yeah. most obvious place to look would be Isaiah Spiller just because he was so you know little involved last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Sure, but I mean... Josh Kelly, Josh Kelly also had his best year last year, too. He right? sure did. So he kind of earned that running back two role. We'll see which one of them can kind of put their stamp on it because Kellen Moore usually uses two running backs, but he doesn't often use three very no. much. So who would you go to next as a guy that you're really excited to see from this upcoming week? Yeah, I mean, I think a guy who I, I expect more from just because the, the size is undeniable. It, it's Donald Parham Jr. I just I feel like just going through the first week of training camp, we've seen Donald Parham Jr. get bodied by smaller defenders, and I mean we've that's been a little bit of a theme so far. And at least I the last that, few days, right? I yeah, mean, all these red days. zone, you know, talks that we've had about them being in the red zone, throwing it to guys like Donald Parham. I mean, I think you look at the Alohi Gilman interception for sure. Yeah on that one too so i mean definitely recently that seems to be a kind of a trend which yeah that's not a trend that i want to see continue i think donald parent parham jr needs to use his size to box out defenders get in the way i mean use that gigantic frame to make it very difficult for guys to get in front of you i mean you use the the box out move the antonio gates move i mean just get your body in front of them do not allow them to get in, in between you and the football and i just want to see that you know turn into more production and you know just that's what i expect from donald parham i mean it's just such a weapon and i just want to see him get utilized and see him per produce yeah, I mean, it's hard to know what to expect from Donald Parham, right? He's never had more than 20 catches in the season. So it is yeah. year four for him with the Chargers, and you hope. I think the main thing is just can you be a consistent red zone weapon, right? Yes. And we talked about the Chargers struggling a little bit over the past few practices in the red zone. So I think what you want is just, hey, be a consistent kind of dominant player down there in the red zone, especially in these practices, yes. because you are way bigger than everyone else. I don't know if he can really use the box out move as well because he's way more of a slender body type oh, than yeah. Antonio Gates, who was just a yeah, unit was and was super yeah. thick, right? And also had all the basketball experience. Of too. course, yeah. You know, a lot of body positioning. But yeah, I mean, he has long enough arms. He's tall enough to kind of be unguardable in a sense in the red zone. So hopefully we see that kind of start to click for the entire Chargers offense, but with Donald Parham specifically. Yeah. I can't wait to see Scott Matlock on Sunday when I'm out at the scrimmage Chargers six round defensive lineman a guy that I'm very high on just because I think that you know that you never have you can never have enough interior pass rush and I try to look for where that's going to come from outside of you know edge rushers moving to the inside and obviously Morgan Fox who was a revelation in that regard last year yes. but he's getting some more snaps now I want to see some souls get snatched I guess Yes, indeed. I love that. I love Scott Matlock. I love the attitude ever since it, they put out that, that video of him trying to take souls and take a yeah. grown man's job. I mean, he has gotten a sack so far, at least according to Dan Daniel Popper's uh, notes uh, so far in training camp. So that is definitely good to see. And yeah, just more of that. More of the same for Scott Matlock. I, I think the motor is real. Uh, I think the attitude is definitely there. And I feel like this is a guy that is going to be able to come in on a rotational basis and to be able to surprise some people and get some pass rush where you know you probably have some guys that are not really geared for that in that particular rotation yeah he had a sack the other day in practice he also got stood up by Jamari Sawyer in one-on-ones and I thought yeah. you know made me feel better about Jamari Sawyer even though it's like we have no idea what Scott Mallard guys at this point but I want to see it you know I'm excited to see him in pads because I haven't got to see him in pads so far and I god I can't remember who on Instagram hit us up for fan mail Friday that said that 
he looks like a cleaner version of Max Crosby, basically. But yeah, <laughs> I guess there's definitely some resemblance. I mean, if you have a dude with that red of hair dominating, it just hits a little bit differently. But I think the last one, the big one who we've talked a little bit about before, David, is just JT Woods. Because, hey, I know we're not going to know until we see him tackling to the ground kind of how much improvement he can make. But the other part of it is it's like, okay, but even before that, I need to see some playmaking ability because the more playmaking you have, the more palatable your bad run defense gets. Yeah, well, yeah, you can stomach it a lot more, right? right? I mean, if you're not making the tackles, but you're getting interceptions, you're getting pass breakups, then yeah, you, I mean, that's that's something you. It's not the Samuel Junior theory. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're bringing the dough, then I mean, just like at work. I mean, if you're a super high performer and you know you slack off every once in a while, you as long as you're bringing in the money, that's really what matters. That's the bottom line. And for JT Woods, I think one of the things that's kind of been an issue is, uh, at least on one of the notes, it said you know, on a, a, a Keelan Doss completion, safety JT Woods was late to react and created a window for Herbert, and he should have, at least according to Popper, been there to at least break that pass up or pick it off. I don't need to see read and react issues from JT Woods. That's one thing that I don't need to see. So don't stack the issues that we have to worry worry about here on top of the tackling so yeah it's a big big scrimmage for jt woods i want to see some playmaking i want to see the interceptions i want to see the ball skills come to life that is what jt woods brings to the table that's like what he that's his number one calling card that's what you hope right i mean that's yeah. what it was in college but yeah that's daniel popper from the athletic who puts out great articles and, and great notes especially for the practices we can't get to just but every day for jt woods i mean yeah it's going to be tackling that's going to be what makes or breaks if he's playable or not and we'll see that in the preseason and i'm excited to see it but i want to see the yes. other stuff right now while i can see it because that's the stuff that you want him on the field for and if not you know maybe some of those snaps start to get eaten into from whoever wins this safety four spot, whether that's Raheem Wayne, whether that's Mark Webb, who I think also fits in this category too, as guys, you know, hopefully we get to see a little bit more of now that he's back in the mix and he's healthy. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I think you, you can't wait to see more of these guys, but all of these guys at least have something to some degree to prove to the Chargers. And one guy I can't wait to see just for more reasons or, you know, just any kind of reason is Quentin Johnson, because everything I've seen from him week one has been great. But Josh Palmer's also been great, and we're going to get into our fan mail Friday with some questions about who is winning that battle. And also, later on, is Keenan Allen the GOAT wide receiver? Is it Lance Allworth? There's so much to get into, and we're getting into that right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys about underdog fantasy football because August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of fantasy football drafting month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out Best Ball, an underdog fantasy exclusive, and all you have to do is go live snake draft at the beginning of the season and then you don't have to go through waivers there's no trades underdog sets your best lineup every week i think it's truly revolutionizing everything because i'm so busy i i can definitely relate to hey you make the moves and put the right players in for me i'll be there for the draft and just see what happens right and all you have to do is you can try it out with underdogs best ball mania tournament the largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with 15 million dollars of total prizes up for grabs including an absurd $3 million, $3 million that's going to the winner of this tournament. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com and find, or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Underdog is the easiest place for you to play fantasy football, and this best ball thing is really, really changing the game. So maybe make sure that you guys check out Best Ball Mania for the largest fantasy football tournament ever. 
you guys don't want to miss out on the biggest fantasy football tournament ever, visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. All right, well, let's get to some wide receiver talk because it is Fan Mail Friday, and that's what you guys wanted to hear about. So let's start with Colby Talbert, who asked us today, based on what we've seen in training camp so far, who is winning between Quentin Johnston versus Josh Palmer and Asante Samuel Jr. versus Jasir Taylor? So yesterday we both talked about the fact that at this point, even though it's not a done deal, Asante Samuel Jr. is winning the slot slash star corner position for the Chargers. But they're still starting Jasir Taylor there in practice. Either way, we didn't talk about the second best, maybe 1A, 1B best battle so far in camp, which has been Quentin Johnston versus Joshua Palmer. And I think we know both of them are going to play, right? So let's get that out of there because I think if I was trying to gauge who's winning this, I would say this. I would say that Josh Palmer has been more consistent. I mean, he has absolutely done everything he can to kind of fight Quentin Johnston off. At the same time, I think Quentin Johnston has shown some things even this early in camp where it's going to be impossible for them to totally keep him off the field. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think with Joshua Palmer, I think he's reminding everybody that he is actually a very good route runner, uh, a guy that works at his craft. He is very, very, very diligent. He has very strong hands, and he is making plays. Like, he is making his presence felt pretty much every single time. And I think with Quentin Quentin Johnson, it's the wow factor. It's the spectacular ability, the ability to go up and high point the football, the, the, the toe tap catches on the sidelines the just incredible speed that he that he accelerates with when he has the yeah. football in his hands it's deceptive you just don't expect it it's he just he just covers so much ground it's unbelievable so both these guys are definitely fighting they are showing everybody why they both deserve to be on the field for different reasons yeah and i think that if quentin johnston hadn't come out the way he has so far which is Super explosive, kind of showing some spectacular catchability, which is something that you didn't see as much of from him in college. Yeah. And also just him kind of really only filling that yak need. I mean, at least him being the only one that really can fill that as far as guys who you're going to play in the top four receivers that you have between him, Paul Merkinen Allen, and Mike Williams. Like, I just think he's going to get on the field, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's winning the competition. I think that Josh Palmer has been the more consistent guy He's also made some spectacular plays as well, and you can hear the kind of reverence the coaching staff has for him and also him yeah. kind of putting the receiving unit on his back a little bit last year when he had 72 catches, right, which they yeah. want to keep telling us over and over again, right? right. Hey, don't that, that we like to discount, but, I mean, they're making sure, sure that we don't. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he he led the receivers last year in catches, and you wouldn't think that necessarily you You're know, right. with who they had out there. So Josh Palmer has been good. He's looked the best he's ever looked so far this training camp, and it's nice that you have those dudes pushing for playing time. Because Competition, it, makes, it brings the best out of you. It's and great. you're just hoping for less of a drop-off. If you are missing one of your two big guys in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, it feels like you're in a much better position to do that this year. But Tom yeah. wants to know, how many receivers the Chargers could keep? Because last year, you know, we were begging for six. We got five. It came back and bit the Chargers badly, and you ended up using a lot of training, you know, practice squad guys and guys who ended up being cut from most training camps in very, very important games. So let's hear how Tom has that for us. Hey, guys. uh, Listen, Tom Costello here. I appreciate you guys bringing us through, and I know I'm not the only one who feels this way, bringing us through the lowly months when nothing was happening. My question is, Kind of involved. Uh, we have a plethora of wide receivers. This young guy, Hightower, is doing well. Would they consider carrying seven wide receivers? 
because if we put him on on the practice squad, he'll be taken up by somebody. Or maybe it's better to uh, trade him if we want to get rid of him. Thanks, guys. I'm an everydayer. Tom, thank you for being an everydayer, and the everydayers already know. We will be back with you guys on Sunday night. You don't even have to wait till Monday. We'll be back with a live show Sunday night recapping the Chargers scrimmage. But thanks, Tom. I think it's a great question, and I think it's important to kind of think about how this roster has been constructed the last couple of years. I mean, last two yeah. years with Brandon Staley, it's been five receivers, right? And one of them has been a primarily special teams type of player, right? Yeah. Last year, it was DeAndre Carter. This year, it's Darius Davis, who are going to yeah. be mostly special teams guys, but also going to be listed as a receiver on the roster and might have to get used like we saw last year. But we're just fighting for six. Tom wants seven, David. Any way you see it. No. No, I'm sorry. There's no way that they're going to have seven wide receivers. Just break his heart I, like that. And yeah, every day. I, yeah, I just got I got to be honest me. with him. I mean, hey, just with my customers at the store, I got to be honest with you up front. <laughs> I just think there is absolutely no way that the Chargers are going to carry seven wide receivers. I do, however, feel like they are going to learn tisk, from tisk. their mistakes of the years before, and they will carry six wide receivers. <laughs> but, yeah, John Hightower is making some plays. But also, I would say, let's pump the brakes a little bit. It's one week in training camp. There's still a long ways to go between now and when that roster gets cut down to 53 so let's wait a little bit let, let's uh let it all unfold before we make any kind of decisions like that that's just rude i mean that's rude david <laughs> talking like that to an everyday or i mean oh uh, yes I, I don't think it's getting carried away with john hightower i think there's different issues which is mainly okay when is jalen guyton coming back yes. right because jalen guyton is presumably sixth in this hypothetical he's your yes. sixth receiver right keenan allen josh palmer mike williams quentin johnston darius davis all locks yes those five will make it no matter what jalen guyton we felt pretty close to a lock to right i mean he would be a surprise if he was fully healthy and out there this entire time yet yes. we still haven't seen him he had yeah. a very serious acl injury in week three last year he's recovering from that when can he get back out there when he does come back i think the problem is is between him and John Hightower, I don't know how much special teams usage you're going to get out of them because the Chargers, if they've been clear about one thing, it's like they need you to play special teams yeah. if you're going to be a receiver at the end of this depth chart, right? We know Darius Davis brings that. Jalen Guyton doesn't really bring that, right? They and I also got Quentin think, Johnston playing special teams too. Sure, everyone's playing special teams. But I also think, though, David, that having John Hightower and Jalen Guyton is just, it could be a little bit redundant. I mean, they have those yeah. guys on there as field stretchers. That's the way they'd be used. It'd be hard to imagine them keeping both of those guys. It's not happening. Yeah, that's no. a situation to where it's one or the other. I mean, they fill the same type of role uh, that you know the the Chargers are looking for. That, that's that yeah. speed, stretch the field, go deep type of guy. I mean, it's going to be Jalen Guyton or it's going to be John Hightower. It will not be both. Yeah, it seems like they'd be filling the same role. But Alvin on Twitter doesn't think so. He says, are the Chargers putting their fastest re receivers at the bottom of the depth chart? This is David's arch nemesis on Twitter, Alvin. Alvin, thank you for contributing to this fan mail Friday. No, I mean, they're putting their best receivers on top. I don't think anyone thinks that Josh Palmer's not a better receiver than Jalen Guyton or that Keenan Allen's not a better receiver than Darius Davis. That's just how it works out. The best guys are at the top of the depth chart, but it doesn't mean that the fast guys won't have a role, especially in certain packages, especially to try to stretch the field a little bit. So I think, you know, one and two, we know 3A and 3B right now, Quentin Johnston and Joshua Palmer. The speedy guys, though, I mean, there's definitely a role for them to get on the field. It depends on kind of what kind of field stretcher Quentin Johnson ends up being when they want him to try to do those things or if they need someone like Jalen Guyton or John Hightower to get out there. But 
John Hightower's done basically anything you can to impress so far, and he looks like even more than just a deep threat. I mean, he, he really struggled with drops in his career before this, but there's a reason he was a fifth-round pick at one point, fourth or fifth-round pick, sure. right? He has some skill. He's a four, four, low 4-4 four, four guy. I know you want him out in the field, Alvin, but it's going to be hard to get some snaps away from Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But that's also the problem, right? We've seen the Chargers just really, really lack that that dynamic. And just when you have all guys who are slower dudes, th- there can be problems. And we'll see how it kind of works out. I do think that Quentin Johnson definitely, and just the new scheme is going to alleviate some of that. But we have more to get into, including Keenan Allen. Is he the best Chargers wide receiver of all time? That's be hard to do when you play for the same franchise as a Hall of Famer like Lance Allworth. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. Thank you guys and everyone who contributed to this Fan Mail Friday. We appreciate you guys. And make sure you guys are hitting us up on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call us at LockedOnLAC. But we have questions from all different kinds of places. We have voicemails today, Twitter questions, YouTube questions, Instagram questions, all sorts. So make sure you guys are hitting us up on all of our social media so you can get your questions on these Fan Mail from shows. From everywhere. Absolutely. And that's just for today. Every day is no. We'll be back with you guys because we are the only daily Chargers podcast out there, including Sunday a scrimmage live show afterwards to recap that. Very, Let's very go, excited, baby. hopefully, to seeing you guys out there and seeing a lot of these players who are in battles and a lot of these young guys. So I'm very excited about it. And just to see, you know, Justin Herbert throwing to Quentin Johnson. But always. Let's talk about a different wide receiver. Wide receiver one for the Chargers. Keenan Allen, the highest-rated Madden player on the Chargers offense, which is not a conversation for today. But, you know... <laughs> Justin see, Herbert being less squinting, than a 90, man, like, I mean, that's, uh, that's a pretty wild it's thing. It's just so ridiculous. It's a wild yeah, accusation. Don't get me started. Don't get me but started. But we got this from Darrell uh, Noble on Instagram who DM'd us and asked us, where does Keenan Allen rank on your guys' list of all-time Chargers receivers? For me, he's number one, but would love to hear what y'all have to say. So <laughs> this is going to really separate the, the newer and the older Chargers fans. So I wish I could say, you know, I mean, Keenan's easily the best wide receiver of the last 50 years, but that would be excluding one Lance Allworth, a Hall of Fame receiver, who, let's go through the ranks. Second in receiving yards, second in receiving touchdowns. Both of those, he's only behind Antonio Gates. So he leads. I mean, shout out to receivers. Antonio Gates, by the way. He's just boom, boom. He owns boom, everything. On the top of every list. Yeah. yeah. He owns everything. Most ever yards in a season, 1602. He owns that by more than 200 yards. You know, he's by himself in that regard. Sheesh. And he was playing in 14 game seasons, right? But, David, I mean, in modern history, like Keenan Allen is coming for those records. I mean, he's. Yeah. Only a few hundred. He's 297 behind uh, Lance Allworth in receiving yards. He'll oh, get that this that. year. Yeah, easy. So he's going to be second in receiving yards, first amongst all receivers all time. He's already yeah. all you know first in receptions by all receivers all time, right? Just wide receivers, not including Antonio Gates. Even though he's 159 behind Antonio Gates, there's no certainty that if he played out this in next season in his contract that he couldn't get to that right that'd be averaging 80 catches the next two seasons yeah i could see that yeah receiving touchdowns keenan allen is fourth and he's four behind gary garrison he'll probably get that this year too yeah yeah but lance allworth has 81 right so he's not catching lance allworth in touchdowns david i mean one of them's a hall of famer but it's hard not to go with the guy you know that's really been the best receiver since we've been alive yeah, I mean, I think if you're asking me if it's, is this the best wide receiver of our generation, definitely I would say that. But, I mean, just looking at the numbers right now, as we are talking right now, I still have to say it's Lance Allworth. And, and it's just because it's the yards per catch, it's the receptions, 
Well, and say, I mean, yards. Lance Allworth, 19.4 average yards per yes. catch. Keenan Allen, 11.7. That's so a pretty staggering he, difference. Yeah, just a big play machine. And then the, just the touchdown difference, like, it's it's staggering. I mean, that's a big – and honestly, that's probably one of the things when you evaluate Keenan Allen's career that you could say that is probably a little bit of a detractor is just not as many touchdowns sure. as you would expect from a guy who has gotten 100-plus catches five-plus times in his career. So I think yeah, that's but just right now where the second separators. in franchise history amongst all wide receivers if he gets four this year, right? So like yeah. you can you can knock him for the touchdowns and he's played more seasons now than Lance Allworth did. I mean, with the injuries it's close, but Lance Allworth was also playing, you know, 14 game seasons and he had some injuries of his own. So yeah. it, it you know, it just it's a preference thing. You care more about who's going to lead this team in franchise history in receptions and receiving yards. Or is it just touchdowns and average yards per catch? Because that's really right. what you're arguing here. Because Keenan Allen at the end of this season is going to be first in Chargers wide receivers in multiple things. He also has four different 100-catch seasons as a Charger. He has you know multiple 1,000-yard seasons. He has the second most receiving yards ever in a season with 1,396. So Lance Allworth, you know, all time, it, it would be hard to argue, but like, Keenan Allen's the Chargers GOAT receiver of my lifetime. So that, that's oh, yeah, totally fine with, with me. Let's get to John Lloyd who here who has a question who asked on YouTube, right? That last one was Instagram. This one's from YouTube at, you know, Locked on Charge YouTube channel. What are we going to do if Trey Pipkins is really hurt? Foster Sorrell? Why can't they realize how important depth is on the offensive line? It's so frustrating. So, David, I think this is a fair question. I want to get to this one quickly. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it'd be really, really scary if the next option is Foster Sorrell. Yes, it would. And then, yeah, I mean, Foster Sorrell did do some work this offseason. So hopefully, you know, this is a guy that is developing and, and has gotten better uh, yeah. over the offseason. But yeah, I mean, obviously, if Trey Pipkins is out for like a you know considerable amount of time, then yeah, it's time to worry a little bit. But we're only talking about four or five days of mispractice. And just by the tone of Brandon Staley talking about it, he expects him to be back in practice soon. And for yeah. people out there that are frustrated about it, Brandon Staley has no incentive to provide anybody any information on injuries right now. It's just I don't think anyone's happen. upset about that, though. I think people are upset that the next best option is Foster Sorrell right now, which I think is a very, very valid concern. We'll see in the preseason and even the scrimmage, right, how far he's come. But, yeah. like, think about it this way. I mean, the Chargers have had a starting tackle miss at least 14 games for two straight seasons. Last year, it was Sean Slater. Before that, it was Brian Bulaga, who missed a ton of these games the season before that. Yeah. You know, even before that, you go back to Russell Okun and having crazy, you know, medical scares. And then he missed almost the entire season. It was Sam Tevy. So, like, we've seen tackles have to come in and fill in for pretty much the whole season. And it's been guys like, you know, Storm Norton, he, you know, who shall not be named. Like, it, we've seen this <laughs> come back to bite them so many times. I, I think definitely one guy. One guy that makes you feel just a little bit better about that situation is Jamari Sawyer. I mean, just his ability, well, yeah. what he if did they're willing to use last there, year. Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of moving parts in that situation, but at least you saw him perform. I mean, get yeah. get thrust into that situation and perform pretty well as a left tackle. So problem is before Jamari Sawyer was coming off the bench, right? Yep. So like it was an easier move to throw him out there when he wasn't going. You're not going to have to fill another starting spot. We don't know how they feel about Brendan Hymas. Having to fill in a guard, we don't know how they feel about, you know, obviously Will Clapp might be in the mix for that. And then you have Jordan McFadden, who's brand new. So we'll see kind of how it happens. But, yeah, maybe there's more options than that. I think it's still a legitimate scare, you know, legitimate concern. But I don't think uh, Trey Pipkins is very hurt at all. So, yeah, it's something that we'll have to talk about, I'm sure, at some point this season, unfortunately. Oh, for Let's sure. get to a tier. 
a tier calls in, a tier gets on the show. That's just how it goes. Mr. Drug Miles, Mr. Wade, this is a tier. I love you, my boys. Mr. Drug Miles, I have a question. All the draft about Zion Johnson was coming out. They talked about he could be a possibly backup center in the future for Justin Herbert. Do you think the staff and the team made a mistake playing him guard when he should be backing up Corey Lindsley? Let me know what you think. I love you. Bye-bye. All right, Mr. Drogomar, you first. Yeah, no, they definitely did not make a mistake. I mean, uh, he got drafted as a guard in the first round. Maybe the mistake was playing him on the right side to start. I think maybe that was a little bit of a mistake. But as far as, I mean, him maybe turning into a center, I think that's for, you know, the life after Corey Lindsley. Yeah, Corey Lindsley's still under contract for a couple more seasons after this season. So the, it, he's going to be – you don't want Zion Johnson on the bench a tier. You know what no. are we talking about? You know, you need, you need him out on the field. I get where you're saying, hey, maybe that's something where they find a guard they feel really good about going forward and they say maybe we can see what Zion Johnson can do at center. Uh, but I, I don't know. You, you need him out there starting for you right now. And, we'll, we'll, you know, let's – See how he does going back to left guard. Let's see if he can even play guard, right? Like, he's moving to the other side. We expect him to be better. But this will be a big season for him. We're hoping that he can take a pretty big leap. But, hey, if you have him and Jamari Sawyer as, you know, above average guards for you for the next five seasons, you're feeling really, really good about that. Both oh, those yeah. guys got such meaningful experience last year. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. And make sure you never miss the show. Go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. And also follow the show for free wherever you get your podcast from. You can also... Call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924 and get your 30-second Chargers voicemail in there. That is, a, you know, you say you're an everydayer. That's a very good way to get on the show as well, I'm just saying. You can also find the show every day on our social media. Hit us up at LockedOnLAC on Twitter or X. You can find me at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. And you can also find us on Instagram at LockedOnChargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But scrimmage Sunday night. Be here for the live show after. We will talk to you guys then. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.